0: this episode of the socks and sandals podcast is brought to you by mr okay's essentials mr okay's is 100 black owned uh you all have heard if you haven't heard the owner the creator of mr okay's essentials was on the socks and sandals podcast episode 101 so check it out but uh, mr okay's provides 100 natural candles body butter and soap okay 100 natural ingredients 100 black owned and 100 vibes and love poured into every product. All right, now go to the website, www.MrOKsEssentials.com. In the checkout, enter promo code SOX to receive 10% off your next order, okay? Once again, go to the website, get your candles, get your butter, get your soap, get right, and enter promo code SOCKS S-O-X, and receive 10% off your next order. And also, after you order, get back to me. Let me know how you liked it. Let me know what candle was popping for you. Just tell me about the body butter. I want to hear y'all's experience with the body butter because it's kind of changed my life. It's taken maybe a year or two off my face. Not to say that I was hurting like that, but, hey, it got your boy shining out here. You know what I'm saying? So let me know what y'all think. Get back to me. Promo code socks. Show your support for the podcast and for a young black entrepreneur. All right. Grace and peace. with all due respect to these Kumaya brothers over here, who, you know, I'm I'm proud of my family too. I mean, we good black people too. I have a PhD and two MBAs in my family, but I'm not gonna give you my family history. But, but you know, it's, it is irrelevant. It is irrelevant when you're dealing with structure. I want y'all, Congress people, to deal with issues of economic structure, how an economic structure has generated an inequality that makes it difficult for people to live their lives. When zip code determines what kind of school that you go to, when zip code determines what kind of food you can eat, these are the vestiges of enslavement that a lot of people don't want to deal with. <laughs> What up everybody, want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals Podcast, it's your guy Emmanuel. Um, I'm glad to be heard, I'm glad to be here, I'm glad that you are listening, because your ears, your mind, your heart, your senses will be blessed by this conversation. I was able to sit down with the big homie Art Williams, owner of the Influential Grooming Lounge um this man is doing a lot in the community uh he's MCing events left and right uh he is he's traveling to the east coast doing big things in new york with aldis hodge he's going to talk to us about that um and just he, he's hes doing a lot he's doing a lot so i believe that y'all really learn a lot and just be uplifted by his story and his journey and just his energy man you guys I'm, I'm sure you guys will love it I can't wait to hear the response from this but um yeah so we, we talked to him about his journey, his entrepreneurial journey talk a little bit of sports talk about what he's doing with the uh, with NBC Sports Northwest the radio and TV show that he does every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. and uh, we talk a little bit about the LeVar Ball situation with Molly Karim and uh, we also touch on reparations a part of that clip that you just heard was Part of the congressional hearing to see if they're going to actually put together a committee for reparations but without further ado let's get into this episode all right i'll let y'all soon oh,
1: oh. yeah. what up
0: what up Wanna welcome you all back to the socks and sandals podcast where society culture history and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our world views it's your guy emmanuel i'm back in the kitchen I'm whipping it up, and I have a very special guest sitting across from me, man. Uh, this man is a, is a husband. He's a father. He's a son, entrepreneur, world-renowned barber, radio and TV personality. He is the embodiment of positive vibes, and is just an overall dope, influential type of brother, Mr. Art Williams. Say what's up to the people, bruh.
1: What up? What up? Thanks, man, for having me here, e. No
0: doubt, man i'm glad you glad you came out you know what i mean reached out making this happen man yes
1: sir i don't know who made who wrote that uh profile though huh (laughs) man the world wrote it you know what i mean (laughs) the the people have
0: spoken you know hey yeah man but the uh, people speak i guess right word man but yeah bro i'm I'm glad we able to sit down and talk about a few things man um we gonna get into some heavy stuff later but let's just like set the groundwork for the folks man so Mm -hmm. just real really quickly man tell the people Based upon, or just moving forward from what I just said, tell the people who you are, where you're from, and also why you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Oh. Yeah. we I, I got to know that. I <laughs> got to know that story. I got to know it.
1: Man, well, I'm originally from Daytona Beach, Florida. Okay. Uh, grew okay. up, born and raised. Um, I, I played Little League football, um, and we, just to kind of touch on that Cleveland Browns thing, uh, <laughs> get that out the way right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, really. Okay. So, Florida. Uh, okay. that's where I first, like 1982, I became a Bucks fan. Everybody in my family was a uh, Miami Dolphin fan. Word. So I said, I'm just oh, going to go against the grain. You know bit. what I mean? Okay. And plus, you know, I like the popsicle stick. Mm, I mean, not a stick, but the, you know, the cream stick uh, yeah, uniforms. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I became a Bucks fan in 82. And then I started playing Little League football probably maybe like 83. I was about 8 years old when I first started playing. Okay. And uh, I played for the Halifax Hawks. Mm-hmm. I, I think Coach Brown might still be alive. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Hopefully he can hear this if he is. Right. Uh But I played football for the uh, Halifax Hawks, man, and we looked like the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Even though it wasn't brown, we were black, orange, and white. Okay. But we had the stripe, the, yeah. black, the black, orange, and white stripe down the middle of our helmets. Right. Our uniforms looked like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And so then I just gravitated towards Naturally. the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. Uh so they kind of became, you know, my number 2 team, you know. But
0: how do you stay a fan? Like how? Like how does that
1: It's and been you're hard not from Ohio? Like that's tough.
0: <laughs> that's tough. I mean you like you like inflicting abuse and pain on yourself for no good reason. Bro. Like you don't I, have to do that.
1: Both of my teams though, man. <laughs> <laughs> both of my teams is bad. Word. But um I don't know, man. You know, I just I'm just a football fan. Work. You know, so it it was just it started when I was little, it just kind of drew me, and as I got older man i just I never really jumped ship mm-hmm. you know what i mean i didn't I didn't celebrate uh the Cleveland Browns as much as I did the Tampa Bay Bucs. but right right but um I just never really jumped ship man i I just kinda got stuck and mm. i'm 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 a pretty loyal person until You're the Cleveland Browns loyal. ain't never crossed me so <laughs> And the Bucks ain't never crossed me until you crossed me. I ain't loyal right, no more. Right, but,
0: man. You yeah. definitely loyal. If you still been down since the dead. '80s, bro.
1: Like that, man. The
0: only Cleveland Browns fan I know on the West Coast, west of the Mississippi, <laughs> is my pops because he's from Ohio. Yeah, and so he got jerseys and sweaters, and I'm like, damn. Put that up, man! Like, why are you wearing that? Like, you embarrassing yourself? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, man, I'm I'm Ohio all day. You know what I mean? So he got the he got the Buckeyes. They be winning them state championships, mm-hmm. so he be repping them. But he still be repping the Browns faithfully,
1: yeah. man. The Br- man, it's Faithful. just something about the Browns, bro. Like, it's hard to it's for me. It's hard to just say, man. I'm I probably will stop being a Tampa Bay Bucks fan before I stop being a Browns fan. Wow. Maybe because I don't really understand um, the intricate details of what the Browns organization does. Yeah. But I know as a Bucks fan, man, I had plenty of times where I wanted to jump ship. Mm. Uh no pun intended, but <laughs> I I want like when we fired uh Tony Dungy, you mm. know, and then that was cold. Yeah. yeah. And Lovey Smith, we only gave we didn't even give Lovey Smith 3 years, oh, I man. Oh god, he was there. You know, was and, he
0: there before he was with Chicago or after? No, it was after. After Chicago. Yeah, oh,
1: man. So, you know, it was hard, man. I, I was I was and then I think we had um Coach um, Raheem. Raheem, yeah, and I was like, man. After that, I was just like, man, I'm about to bounce. <laughs> <I'm> about, <laughs> but all by that the time, was getting cut. Yeah, by yeah. that time, I was in my 30s, and it, I was like, man, it might be too. I might be too old to uh, to jump ships to, to find another team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't do that as a grown man. It's, it's kind of tough, bro. <laughs> yeah. Unless
0: Portland had a team or
1: something. like Unless that. Portland had yeah. a team, yeah.
0: The funny thing is, I'm a 49er fan, diehard since day one. Um, the Browns are coming to the bay so me and my pops and my my son we about to go down this year oh, bro. so that's gonna be dope that's i can't wait right. week five uh monday night football oh yeah it's gonna Y'all go already lit. got the tickets i already got the tickets yeah, i already got the plane up. ticket got the hotel
1: <laughs> only thing we ain't got is a rental car so we be we ready. in there
0: bro <laughs> we in that thing man that's
1: dope bro yeah man i, I, I wouldn't shoot wait. if i were to i didn't check no schedules man i should have been checked some schedules I know I'm going to try to hit some Florida State games this year. I'm just going to have to go back home. Or, I'm a Florida State fan, too. Yeah. I mean, y'all got a lot of a lot of teams to root for down there, man. Yeah. That's what's up, bro. It's
0: dope. Portland, all oh, we got. Blazers, the Ducks. You can't really root for the Beavers because they ain't never a contender. You know what I mean? But speaking of the Blazers, did you pay attention to the draft a little bit?
1: I didn't I saw who the Blazers drafted. Yeah. Um I didn't see the draft at all. I okay. mean, you are we already knew who's going to go number yeah, 1. Right. So, yeah. you know, the only mystery was who was going to be number 2 and number 3. Right. You know, but um I didn't see the draft, but I saw that they drafted the kid from uh North Carolina. Right. With the 25th pick. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but Nasir Little. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I didn't know nothing about him. They say he was a um, McDonald's All-American like co-MVP. And he was an MVP of some other, like, high school all-star game. He mm-hmm. didn't start at UNC, but, you know, he got all the tools or whatever.
1: Yeah. So. I don't he know. got good coaching. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. And he
0: got the athleticism. i seen the little highlights, you know. Yeah. He's not really a shooter, but he like, one of them hustle dudes, you know, get the rebounds, all that type of stuff. So we need that. need yeah, a little bit of that. Toughness. But we need a shooter, though. Yeah, for real. We need, like, a 3 and D type dude, bro. Because Minu, unfortunately, bro, he's
1: not. <laughs> He's not hey, getting it, man. I tell him to go get go get Vince Carter. Tell him to, Vince, tell just Vince Carter, forty seven years no, old. He, he don't he need is? to play no defense though. <laughs> he don't need to play no defense. We just need him to shoot from the corners. Yeah, that's I'm, it. We need somebody
0: to knock it down, bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Vince if that's what
1: he can do. I'll take Kyle Corbett. He
0: can still shoot. Yeah, where's Ray real. Allen at? That's that's my question.
1: Where he? I, at? I don't know if he even want to play no more, <laughs> man. He didn't retire though. He hasn't like officially retired yet. Oh, he hasn't. Nah,
0: I remember that he was supposed to come back like one year and he's like gonna wait to the playoffs or something like that. And yeah, it was never, with
1: Cleveland, wasn't it? Or something, something like
0: that. that. I forgot. But yeah, yeah. she showed him retirement, man. But right. like tell us about what you do with the with the radio and the T V and you know, the show that you on.
1: Um so we got a barbershop segment on Rip City Mornings mm. uh on Wednesday mornings at eight o'clock. Word. And uh Nigel Burton, um, used to be the coach at PSU head football coach at PSU a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He just kind of he's one of my clients. He kind of came at me, and asked me if I'd be interested in it. Were and uh, I was like, yeah, man. Can I bring Mike and uh, theirs Yeah, you know. And he was like, yeah, we can get all three of y'all on the show and that's dope. Whatever. Yeah. And so we got we we started talking about. Uh, well, I think when we first started, it's a sports show. But when we first started, we talked a lot about entertainment, mm-hmm. um, uh, current events. But you know, as the current events get hotter and hotter, they start they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they talk about it less and less mm-hmm. on uh, sports radio. Word. But outside of that, man, it's a great show, man. We just kind of go in there for an hour, hang out, tell jokes. Dog, <laughs> I got I got in trouble for messing with um cj mccullough on, on air so yeah man he showed up to the studio and nah, he was going he, in? or you were just talking about him? i was just talking i was oh, okay. i was just talking about his haircut
0: <laughs> <laughs> as a barber like who who else can talk about it that's what that's what i'm saying that's what you're supposed to do
1: but he kind of got in his feelings a little bit oh for so real? Okay. i apologize to him yeah you know like <laughs>
0: hey get a good haircut dude. right
1: but it's it's whatever man has so. it
0: improved since you, you had that exchange yeah, you notice an improvement.
1: Yeah, so and then it, I just kind of, I kind of stopped caring though, yeah, and so I yeah. mean, not like in a bad way, but you know, when I stopped caring, I just kind of stopped looking, and you know, just like <laughs> bro, just play basketball, now. Right. You let's, know what I mean? Let's just win some I kind of treated him like, like he was like my little, my little brother that got on my nerves. I Where, was like, are you really, you really upset about what did he
0: say though? Well, he he went on, on Twitter. Did he no, go on his podcast?
1: He. He had a representative. His oh, representative called the station. Oh, oh, okay. One of them. And I said, man, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> when they told me that, man, I was like, God. He sent his goons. So, yeah, I stopped talking about it. I stopped talking about it. But since we you know, can say whatever the hell we want to say, yeah. I just brought it up, man. Because yeah. it still probably bothered me a little bit that he was that sensitive <laughs> about a haircut. How long ago was that, bro? <laughs> For like two years. Really? Maybe like a year and a half. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I haven't
0: noticed any bad haircut. I feel like he's he stepped his game up. Like, I haven't really consciously, but when I think about it, I was like, he's been having some clean cuts.
1: Yeah, he some. went he went to New York, I guess. Like, that haircut we was talking about, man, he had... Because he mentioned it the next day on his... Um, his podcast? On his segment of oh. Rip City Morning. Okay, okay. About his haircut. Yeah. And he had went to New York. He was in New York. He had got a bad haircut in New York. Okay. And... uh and when he came back to Portland, you know that's what he had. So he said his girl liked it, and that's all that mattered. Yeah, but nah, <laughs> nah.
0: Yeah, we, we freshen up, brother. You making you're making too hey. much money, man.
1: He out there though.
0: Yeah. So is that what's the, what's the future for you guys doing a, doing that TV show?
1: Um. Well, when I went to New York for the five months I was in New York, they kind of we kind of slowed down a little bit. Right. But Mike and T would go, I think, once a month. Yeah. Um. So they still kind of kept it going on, but today I just got a text message about getting it back up every yeah. Wednesday right. at eight o'clock. So I won't be able to do it this Wednesday, but starting mm-hmm. next Wednesday we gonna we gonna get back on it. That's dope. That's be dope. a little bit more raw than we used than we were, cause, mm. cause they ratings went up when we started that barbershop segment. Really, and, and I'm not saying, at least in the eight o'clock hour on Wednesdays. Yeah. It went up wow. by like twenty three percent.
0: Oh, okay. You got so, the exact stats. You ain't playing yeah. no game, nah, man. So wait, no, no, no. So, I'm so, 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 so that check. Okay, about <laughs> well, to say, where is that twenty three percent increase on this check? <laughs> you know what though? I mean? Yeah.
1: That's so, wild. It's That's coming. Wild. It's so coming. what?
0: I mean, so Nigel, just because he was your client, or like y'all had a relationship? Like, what was?
1: Yeah, like I mean, he was my client. Most of my clients. You know, at one point they were just clients. Yeah. You know, and, and they kind of become friends, right? After you,
0: you they therapist. Pretty much, I'm <laughs> underpaid, but
1: you know, we we end up being uh, underpaid therapists and style coaches and all kind of stuff. And yeah, he uh, we just kind of like jailed in when he came to the barber when he came to the barber shop. I didn't I didn't really hang out with him. Yeah. Um, but he was on that show first it started out as just at the iart radio station mm-hmm. in tiger yeah and then it moved down to the tv uh to uh nbc i think it's nbc northwest sports, oh, northwest. sports something yeah. like that Yeah, and so they moved down to uh the studio down on jefferson the tv studio on jefferson yeah and we just started going there kgw i think it Word. is i can't remember but that's what's up Got a little bit closer in the town. Yeah, and then they started doing TV mm-hmm. and radio, yeah and so that that's kind of put us on TV, and mm-hmm. and it's just kind of been going bananas since then, man. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's yeah. that's good to see. I've been seeing that the
0: evolution of what y'all been doing. It's just like, yo, these cats is really making it happen, yeah, man. man.
1: Might need to get you on there.
0: Hey, man, I'm down. Might need I'm, to get you. I I'll, I'll definitely
1: say something to
0: him. Yeah, yeah. You I'm know? ready for that, bro. So let me know. Yeah, let me know. So you've been so you've been doing radio, TV. You own a barber shop. You emceeing events. Like you a very busy man. You out of town in New York. You personal barber to the stars. You know what I mean? Like how do you how do you handle all these different hats that you juggling? How do you do that, bro?
1: Man, um, I mean, if I could give props to my wife, she she didn't want one kind of make it happen because I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I look at the schedule. You know, I I just kind of I look at things. I always run things by her before I do it. Mm -hmm. And she's she never say no. So Mm. and I I remember last year she told me um, make this year be the year you don't say no to opportunities.
0: Mm. Because
1: I said I have said no to a lot of opportunities um, to do things, Um, mainly because. I don't know if it was me like if I didn't trust my myself my ego or okay. something like that mm-hmm. um, but when she said that I just that showed me that she supported it mm. and so I just said okay well yeah. I run it by her still first and then I say yeah when I mean, she said yeah pretty much and it's beautiful man. now it's just crazy man it's beautiful probably
0: got a strong black woman behind you you know I mean, yeah. holding you down yeah believing in your dreams and nothing like that, man. My wife is the same way. Like mm-hmm. anything I got, as long as I put it on the calendar, like she gonna make, make sure that everybody's accommodated for, you know, the kids and holding it
1: down. I could just do my thing, man. So right. it's beautiful, bro. And It's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. just even my kids though, like, I mean, I got little kids, you mm-hmm. know, my, my daughter is nine, my son is four, mm-hmm. but even they, even though they don't really understand it, yeah, there's a level of support that they offer too Mm. you know and um the kids gotta buy in they do (laughs) they 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 gotta
0: know why daddy is gone
1: yeah you know what i mean like they they want to know right yeah and you know they'll call you (laughs) yeah you know when i'm I'm coming home my daughter's counting down the days when it's time for me to come home Mm -hmm. she's she's asking me for gifts and it's yeah it is what it is i love it man it's hard it's it, it can. I mean, we, you also got. I also got good people around me. Like my in-laws is a good support system. But the people I work with, though, like I can leave the barbershop for the five months I was gone, Word. and then my man Jason and Harold, they also are two of the the owners of the barbershop. They they pretty much just clients, really, businessmen. Yeah. They handle all the logistical stuff that happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You play somebody. The people that you work that I work with or in the shop they Mm -hmm. are supportive they they believe in the shop so Mm -hmm. they take care of um of the shop aesthetically and make sure it runs properly for the people that come visit or Mm -hmm. come get get done up in there so i'm like man i had no real worries yeah unless something somebody had an issue that came up which was really rare
0: yeah man it's a it's a great energy at that shop like um i was going there initially when mario was there yeah and uh now I rock with Mike. Um, and it's just like, it's always been a family environment mm-hmm. from the jump. Like, yeah. it ain't never been no, like, it's other shops you go around and people cool, but they not really cool like that. They talk, but it's like more, it's like, y'all know, you, you know the vibe, though. It's just like, it's a family environment. Yeah. Like, everybody really care for each other. Everybody's really friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I see y'all outside of the shop, like, y'all kicking it and y'all really cool with each other. Like, yeah. it's not no... We just here we're gonna cut whatever i'm, I'm gonna put up with you but like right. that's that's a beautiful thing bro like is that something that you purposely like s- you seek those type of people that can so you can create that culture and maintain that culture or has it just kind of organically built into that
1: i i mean i i think it, it kind of organically built into it but i don't i do i am purposeful and intentional in how i how i go about establishing relationships with people or mm-hmm. Like I don't want to I've always been a team player pretty much. I don't know, the sound clock's kind of cliché, but I've never wanted to do stuff by myself. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do it with other people. And I just believe that if we uh or I believe that we're strongest together. That's a fact. And I think that um as a black business, if we can show other black people mm-hmm. in and it was just human beings. If we can show the white people that come in our barbershop mm-hmm. that look, black people can still be a unit. That they can see a black family that's an extended family, yeah. not so much immediate, but they can see that we care for each other. We care for each other from mm-hmm. an extended standpoint, just like we do if we were in you know immediate family members. Right. Yeah. I think it might have some kind of impact mm-hmm. on the people that come through the barbershop. Yeah. And so for me, man, I just. I don't, like, I said, I don't like doing stuff by myself, and um, I mean, I do do stuff by myself, but I don't like doing stuff by myself. So I want to create a family type atmosphere. I mean, I'm three thousand miles away from home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I want to make sure that I got family all over the place. Word. You know, so if if I'm if I'm gonna die, if I'm gonna leave this planet, uh, I don't have to necessarily leave this planet a wealthy man from yeah. a monetary standpoint i want to leave this planet a wealthy man from a relationship standpoint i, I want to be that. wealthy in relationships work yeah so that's kind of just yeah Yo,
0: your network is your net worth bro so yeah that's that's what it's all about um i do want to touch on like you starting a barbershop and how that all came about but also before we do that talk about you know what you've been doing three thousand miles away what project were you working on you know that took yeah. you away from home had you in new york you know what i mean living like a like a king out there yeah. you know
1: what I mean? New York man I was hey. I was so afraid of New York man Why are you man. afraid of New York bro Cuz cuz the movies I, Yeah I had never been all the yeah I never been in New York I was like shoot <laughs> I'm going to get robbed on the subway all that bro <laughs> my my wife my wife would tell you anybody would tell you that know me that I was stressed about going to New York Yeah and um, so I went to New York to work on a TV show um called City on the Hill it the second ep- episode just aired Last night, it's a Showtime. Um, oh, it's already out. Production, yeah. Okay, that's what's up. So it's a Showtime production. Um, Aldis Hodge and Kevin Bacon are two of the main characters in the in the show. Yeah. Um, Aldis Hodge is a really good friend of mine. Like we go way back. We yeah. uh, we like family right now. Word. And so uh, I got hired to be his personal barber mm-hmm. on the show. So he kind of takes me a bunch of places. Like if he goes different places um his team of negotiators his manager and attorney and his agent they always mm-hmm. try to write me into a contract mm-hmm. and if the production company can afford me then I get the job if not then I just find something else to do yeah. you know what i mean but yeah. um but we, i was working out there with him city on the hill for 5 months it took 5 months to film 10 episodes mm. That's um wild, man met a lot of people yeah uh i i learned a lot about hair but i also learned my my goal was to link up with the writers and the mm. and the directors okay and um a little network action yeah and yeah. I, so the creator of the show uh chuck mcclain uh i met him when we did when we shot the pilot mm-hmm. so we shot the pilot of the show about a year ago in boston mm. And it was for, like, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I had ever been. I had, That was one of the first times I worked on location far away with Aldis. Yeah. And, um, but me and Chuck, the creator, kind of meshed a little bit. Like mm-hmm. So, Aldis, during them six weeks, Aldis went home for a week mm-hmm. to do an art show that he, because he's big into art, too. Mm-hmm. So, he went home to do an art show. And I stayed in Boston that week. Mm-hmm. And so that whole week, I just hung out with Chuck, mm-hmm. the uh, creator. Yeah, he's a writer, too. I just hung out with him the whole time. And then I established a relationship with Chuck. Mm-hmm. And um, so a year later, in February, a year later, when we actually started to shoot the show, well, we were working on putting my contract together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, nah, we can't do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to make Aldous choose his own barber. Mm. I mean not choose his own barber Choose a local barber mm. They wanted a local barber Because they wouldn't have to pay for uh, Pay for him to come And all that kind of stuff So Al calls me He's like man They, they said you They don't really have budget for you You can <laughs> if But if you can get here They'll I was like nah I don't want to do that Yeah it's too much So I called Chuck <laughs> Let me go to the plug <laughs> I text Chuck Word Chuck, Chuck texts me back He was like man Hold on for a second and then next thing I know, mm, the producer calling me asking me what's it gonna take to get you here.
0: Man, and I was like, oh okay, that's what's up. Let's make this happen. That's dope. That's dope, bro. So
1: five week, I mean five months out there, man. New York, New York is is definitely you know that's my soul city, bro. Like mm-hmm. I I hit the ground mm-hmm. in New York. I think I might have been scared or nervous two days yeah maybe two days i hopped on that subway i I mean you got an app for everything so you know you look up city mapper or tell you how you get wherever you want to go um i just man i just hit that i hit that pavement hard bro and i mean it's it's a concrete jungle Mm -hmm. but the people are way nicer than you think they they are they make it out to be yeah yeah And, and i lived in brooklyn and um man so much history in brooklyn you know we hear it in the, in the hip hop all the time right, bro right. and and new york is hip hop yeah you know what i mean it's That's it's it. hip hop bro and so it was lovely man i i got to meet a lot of people when you work for showtime you get into these all these showtime premieres and mm-hmm. like i got to see wu-tang man like i ain't never seen wu-tang before i never
0: they was just chilling at a premiere
1: yeah, because you know they got the documentary, the Wu Tang documentary. Oh, okay,
0: okay. No, I uh, it's like
1: that. a four-part series, Weird. and it's on Showtime. Okay. So if you if you affiliated with Showtime and you got the invite, yeah. So Aldis really wanted Got the invite. <laughs> and Aldis is like, you want to go? Right. Well, yeah, Might you as well. You know? Like, why would you not? Wu Tang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And dope. so we saw like two of the air two of the episodes and in, in the premiere, and then they did like a forty-five minute concert. Bro, it was crazy. That's you know what I mean? And so, I mean, I am I got to shake Method Man's hand. I got to have a conversation with Ghostface. Wow. Like, it was crazy, bro. I, I was like...
0: <laughs> bro, I would like... I would nerd out. I'm just... I, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to say to them dudes, bro. Because, yeah. like, just looking up to them as kids. Because my brother, he's 11 years older than me. And all of my hip-hop, everything came from him. Hmm. So, all he listened to when he was coming up was Wu-Tang. Mobb Deep Nas yeah. Biggie Like so that's That's my foundation So like like Method Man When I was a kid He was my favorite rapper bro. Mm-hmm. If I see him today bro Like I'ma just bro, Be dope. a little girl At a Bieber concert bro <laughs> Just like Oh my god <laughs> Method Man it's you <laughs> like, For real Oh I don't man. know what would happen bro My voice would go up a few octaves And I'd be like <laughs> Man I'd be starstruck for real
1: I, I was I yeah. try to act like I wasn't No You know what I <laughs> mean You kinda You kinda Cause you It's weird man Cause don't the celebrities, man, they have like such tight circles and 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 they got all these rules mm. that and a lot of them are unspoken rules. Mm. So you won't know until you like you ask them or you really run with a, a celebrity or whatever. Yeah. So I learned a lot from Aldis Okay. on how to just manage being around celebrities. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you had a situation where you tried to shake and, <laughs> shake somebody's hand and the security was like, "No, nah,
1: no, nah, bro, you can't." No, okay, no, nah, because okay. I, I never really, I mean. Being in the business that I work in, you kind of meet, like, like I met a lot of celebrity athletes. Word. And so, I never really come at them like that because, like, I, I grew up with Vince Carter, so I know how it is. Mm. Um, I've had dinner with him um, several times, and people have come up to the table like, can we get an autograph? Or, mm-hmm. And Or just walking through the tunnels uh, after a game, and he puts his headphones on because that ain't really what he feel like doing right now yeah, is giving yeah. autographs and right. having to get that energy to other people mm-hmm. um, and so I try not to mess with people mm-hmm. you know when I see him, my wife she be on me sometimes she's like why you didn't get a picture I'm like man I, I don't really <laughs> want to ask the man for a picture Word. I mean a handshake it, dap, let him know I see him and yeah. vice versa you know that's kind of that's kind of the way I am so I, I have I don't really document too much like every mm-hmm. once in a while I might get a picture with somebody but mm-hmm. but um they got all these rules man and I think one of the craziest situations I was in was I decided to I'm not a I'm not a big Chris Rock fan. I mm. like Dave Chappelle way more. Right. Me too. Uh, but I went to this fashion show. I don't know if, you know, um, uh, I can't recall his name right now, but um, Oswald um, Botin. He's a. He does he's not a ring a bell for me. He's a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. He's from Britain, mm. but he's, he's African um, from right. Britain, right and he uh, but he designs these beautiful suits mm-hmm. and Idris is one of the people that like he sells suits to all the time, okay, and um, We're at this this uh, Fashion show at this Oswald Boteen fashion show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I ain't supposed to be there, but <laughs> I'm there because is there, right? right? right. And I just decided that I was going to watch Chris Rock tambourine stand up, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of whack, (laughs) but I watched it. And then uh, as soon as I walk in the door, that's Chris Rock standing right there. So I just said, man, and I was the biggest, like, I act like a real fan at that point. I said, oh, Mr. Rock, man, nice to meet you. Mr. Rock. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Rock. I said, man, it's nice to meet you, man. I just watched tambourine this morning. He was like, oh, yeah. Just that, like. That's exactly
0: <laughs> his face.
1: Bro. Oh man,
0: I can see that. I can yeah, see that. man. That's so, funny.
1: so that was crazy, man. Just it's 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 been crazy, man. It's just seeing for me, man. It's been I met so many at that show. I met so many black actors, mm. like black men, strong black men, Idris. Jamie Foxx. All them dudes, man. Jamie Foxx is my dude, bro. I used to watch his stand-ups,
0: like, every day in college, bro. (laughs) Every day, bro. Like, Jamie, to me, is still, like, one of the top, most talented people in this world. Oh, yeah. As of right now. Like, singing, acting, comedy, drama, whatever you want, he can Mm -hmm. do it at a high level.
1: Yeah. 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 Meeting them dudes, man. It's dope. It was dope, man. And it was at the Apollo Theater, man. I'm seeing history right there. I'm sitting in the Apollo Theater. I'm like, man, I ain't never... Yeah. Like these are places I probably never would have ever been on my own. For sure. You know, uh so big ups to Alice for yeah. dragging me along.
0: Or no, that's um, dope, man. Like it's it's wild like growing up, you know, I'm from Portland, so growing up here, like everything is just so far away. Yeah. Even like mentally, it's like, man, I could never be in proximity with these people that I see on T V or I see on IG or whatever. And it's just like there's certain parts of the country where that's not even a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when I, I went to college in Houston, went to Texas Southern. So, like, celebrities are there all the time. There's all types of concerts, all types of events, Super Bowl, like, everything. So, like, yes. so many people are coming through. So many people would come to our, our college and just walk through, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, artists, whatever, J. Cole, uh, juvenile, like, whoever, bro. And and it's just like, you're right next to him. Like, I remember one day I was standing next to Cat Williams. And this dude is, like, barely up to my shoulder. I'm like, yeah, you are the smallest yeah. little man I've ever seen, bro. But I love you, man. <laughs> but it's just, like, it just normalizes everything, bro. But, like, in New York, that's, that's dope. Because, like, you can just be around all them people and just know that, yeah, they on the screen. But they just down to earth,
1: like, cool-ass yeah. dudes, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's it's so. And in New, I guess New York, like, again, I had never been in New York before. But in New York, man, it was just, it's a common thing. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's like that in L.A. too. For sure. It's a common thing. But some people still get starstruck, you mm-hmm. know, because, um, I mean, I don't—I walked around. You walk everywhere in New York, which sure. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Alice and I was walk, would be walking together, and you'd see heads turn. Yeah. And they'd look at him and, mm-hmm. and be like, "Man, I remember you from that show, man. Yeah. Uh, Leverage, you know." <laughs> I was surprised that me and him both were surprised that that many people watched Leverage, yeah. especially on the East Coast, since it was a West Coast kind of situation. But mm-hmm. uh, but it was kind of it was kind of cool, and I, it made me appreciate him. But it made me appreciate not. Being, being a, a celebrity. celebrity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like just not having... Being under that microscope. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff happened though, man. While I was... While I was away. Mm-hmm. um, And so I even... You know, little Portland people see you. Mm-hmm. And they know what you're doing. And so just doing what I was doing. Kind of made it like... Oh, art. That's art doing that. So it made it look like I was a local celebrity. Mm-hmm. But... A lot of stuff, like it was, it was horrible, bro. Like, <laughs> I can't even tell you, man. I had to change my phone number, bro. It was that bad, what man. What you mean, people wanted something from you? Yeah. Why? Because they wanted to get something from him. Oh. You know what okay, I mean? They wanted okay. to be, they wanted to use me to get close to him. Oh. But as well as just, you know, if you start to get, and, this, and one of the, this is one of the things that Aldis had helped me to. After I had sat down and talked to him about like, damn man, all this is going down, man, and I'm mm-hmm. not there to, you know, and it's like an attack on your family and mm-hmm. you know people trying to sprinkle dust in your in your wife's brain because they know you away and mm-hmm. and it was just, it was bad, bro. And he was like, man, that's drunk, that comes bro. with it. Part when people see what you do, yeah, like the hate is gonna come out. Yeah, and so I felt like I had like people start even people that I knew. I was mm-hmm. like, man, is it really getting like this, man? I don't want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care if you like me or not, but yeah. I'm like, I don't need that.
0: You know, the closest thing that we have to that in Portland is if you work at Nike.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is like, "Hey, yeah.
0: cousin!" <laughs> like, I, you know, we we ain't family. <laughs> we ain't family. Don't don't play that. We got you know, the same right. last name. <laughs> That's it. But no, it'd be it'd be like, and even like, so my wife had worked for Nike for 11 years, mm-hmm. and so it'd be people that you know, I'm like everybody familiar, but. We don't talk, you know what I mean. And they come, hey, bro, bro, you think I get some passes? I'm like, you ain't talked to me in six years. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I, I just, I just seen your wife at the store, man. You think I could, you know what I mean, get, get something for my son? I'm like, nah, it's for you, it's for you, bro. Right? Like, <laughs> but uh, so I, I know a little bit about what that's like when people yeah. just start popping up and asking for stuff because they, you're adjacent to somebody that whatever mm-hmm. they want access to or whatever. But yeah, man, I, I can, I can only imagine. You know, what, how people turn and just change. That whole energy changes because yeah. they see you next to somebody that's a celebrity, bro. Yeah. That's isn't? wild. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that attention on, on a constant basis, man. Um, But going back, going back to the to the foundation, you started an influential grooming lounge. Yeah. Tell me about um, why you started your own shop, how that came about, and also why the
1: name Influential Grooming Lounge. Well, some people don't don't know is that uh, when I I started at Reggie's. Right. Um, right there. On MLK, I've been on MLK ever since I've been a professional barber. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jamal Lane and myself started Champions Barbershop.
0: Oh, together. you started out with him? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. And um, that was my first partnership. That was my first business. And, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes, you know, partnerships don't always work. Yeah. And so we kind of we still friends. We still good friends, but yeah. we just decided from a business standpoint this ain't gonna be the way to go. Yeah, and so I sold. My that's interest. good that y'all
0: still friends though. Yeah, that's great.
1: So I sold my interest to Jamal, um, mm-hmm. and then you know he went and started his thing. Right. And so I took mine and I just started the influential. The the it came the influential part came from um, I coach high school football too, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a. You? I well, I just resigned. Oh, okay, okay. But I used to coach. I coached for six seasons at Westland. Okay, way out there. Word. You know, it's deep. one state championship though. There you go. So, you got that I ring. I got that man. ring. Yeah, <laughs> got
0: that ring. It's like. But
1: uh, um, a good friend of mine used to be wide receiver coach and offensive coordinator at Boise State. Mm-hmm. And so they would have these football camps every summer, mm-hmm. and I would always go work the football camp mm-hmm. for like a week, or it would be like five days, I think. And so, five days, I got stuck with these, not stuck with these kids, but I got, like, this group of kids mm-hmm. that were, like, uh, 10th graders, sophomores, freshmen and sophomores, I mm-hmm. think they were. Mm-hmm. And um, and we just hung out, but we did football stuff all the time. Yeah. And uh, for the five days we were there, and at the the last day, uh, the kids just started coming up to me telling me how much of an impact I had made in that on them in a short period of time. Okay. And um it kind of brought tears to my eyes cuz I mm. cuz you know nobody I had never really had that happen to me before like yeah. man you better than my coach that. Not that I want to be better than another coach, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure I'm impacting if I'm gonna, if I'm going to give my time, I want to make sure that my time's going to be useful. Yeah. Um but I thought I this whole time I thought I was just teaching these kids football skills. Mhm. And so uh, and we exchanged phone numbers Uh, with some of the kids and they kept in touch and they would keep me up to date on Mm -hmm. on how they was doing in football or track or basketball or something like that. And I just kind of realized that at that moment, this was back in 2010, I I realized like, man, you can actually have great influence in a short period of time on the lives of of a human being. And so the word influential just kind of popped out to me, mm. and I just kind of looked, looked it up, you know, defined the word and all that kind of stuff, and it just kind of stuck. It kind of stuck. And then my daughter goes to this um, to this private school, this Christian school up on the hill, mm-hmm. and one day they asked me to uh, to speak at chapel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Oh, then, so
0: you got your reverend call out and nah. you was ready to
1: preach? <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that it was <laughs> something that related to the kids word. to the young people yeah. and um and I sat there mulling it over and I was just like the word influential or influence kept coming up to me mm-hmm. and um and then I started make I I don't know I made this speech or whatever you want to call it called influential dopeness mm. and I titled I titled the speech or the message influential dopeness mm-hmm. and I took like a scripture and I just made it I kept the basic principle of the scripture, mm-hmm. but I just made it sound like something young people would say. Mm-hmm. And it just blew up from there. Yeah, And so, um, and this might've been like five years ago. And, well, my daughter is not. Yeah, like five years ago. And uh, it was a group of high school students. And ever since then, I went, that's where the dope influencer came from. Word. And then um, I knew that the next business I would have was going to be something that was going to be influential, going to make a major influence in the community and the people that come through the doors. Mm -hmm. And so I just named it, the word influential was just, it was just my word. It was
0: a natural fit. Yeah. And so
1: I just, it's a long name for a business you know um and I had been told like man that's too long of a name for a business and I was like you know what though but it's for me you know what I mean and it's, it's not like, like
0: it's it's memorable though yeah it's not like your regular just like somebody not I say somebody's name but like you know just something so some, and so's barbershop yeah. or you know Rose City Barbershop something gen- generic like the right. influential like Man. Yeah, it make you think. Like, why is it called information? <laughs> you know, and then you go in there and you and you see the people and and you feel the vibe. It's like, all right, I, I see what they doing yeah. here. You know what
1: I mean? It's and, and it's it's man, the people I work with though they they make it that. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not me. I mean, I might have came up with the name, but it's mm-hmm. the people that that work there. Like four of the people was working there before I even got there. Mm-hmm. Um, was working in the business before I got there. Mario, Mario was, like, I, I love Mario because me and Mario, Mario was the only person I thought was going to be like, man, I, I am not working here when you come down here. <laughs>
0: Why you thought Mario?
1: I don't know. I just... <laughs> I just thought he would be the one, and then me and him end up being the one to click the most. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. then you know he he moved on to, to bigger and better things though. But yeah. he's still part of the fam though. We still include him in group text messages. Man, that hurt my heart when he retired, bro. Man. I said no, don't do it, bro. Like <laughs> what, what you mean? So he's too young to retire. But yeah. I, I get what he what he doing though. Nah, you know? yeah, he
0: he had a clear vision and he's yeah. making it happen. So yeah,
1: so. Yeah. Influential man, it just came from that man, and it's and it's been there. Is Sinbad came one time and he was oh, like, yeah? he said, because <laughs> I, I, anyways, he came to get a haircut. He said, Art man, I, I walked in. You told me it was the influential grooming lounge. I thought it was a strip club. <laughs> he said, man, I thought it was a strip club, man. I thought I was coming to a haircut. Is <laughs> I was like, nah, man, man, he thought he about get that. Rubbing, and tugging that thing, man. But it was good, though, man. That's kind of how it came, bro. It's, and it's, I mean, you know, we create good branding, merchandise, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, that's it.
0: That's dope, man. That's dope. So, how many years has it been?
1: It'll be two, um, officially, August, like, 13th. Yeah. You know, of this year. So, yeah. two years running, man, and. I think I might have only been there for six months.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Been out and about making it happen. Trying to, man. Yeah, man. So what do you think is, like, the most common misconception that you hear about, like, people that are barbershop owners? Like, your your lifestyle, you know, or just whatever. Like, what do you think people think about you where it's like, nah, that ain't it, bro?
1: I think people think barbers make this overwhelming (laughs) bunch of money. And you the owner, too. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So,
0: you, yeah. But we don't. Yeah.
1: Not even as owners. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You
0: about to get a yacht next year. So, so I heard. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Unless somebody going to give
1: it to me. Somebody going to gift it to me. Oh, right, heck, Work. yeah. I'll take it. But, Work. yeah, I think I think the biggest mis- misconception is that people think, like, barbers. Some people think barbers make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so, when they see the price on the, the price of a haircut, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, I don't want to pay that. You know, uh, because they thinking they pat in your pockets, but in right. real, in in reality, man, it's like we trying to live too. Right. You know what I mean. And 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 the cost of living is going up on us just as just like the cost of living is going up on you. Right. You know, and 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 you don't really want to hit the client over the head with a with the uh, the price of a haircut. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes disheartening when a person comes in and they see your haircut and they don't value. The, they see the price of, your, of a haircut, and they don't even value you right. as a person right. and the experience that they about to get, and the worth that you placing on their head. Like, like this is, man. You like, know, some to be honest, us,
0: if it if it wasn't in a shop, if it was just like in your house, mm-hmm. just one on one interaction with just me and you, like it would be a lot more. Yeah, like you should be glad I'm in the shop, and I can get more
1: people <laughs> to bring the price down for real. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you know, I mean, I and. You know, it's 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 a great business to be in, man. It's getting a little, starting to get a little fantasized, or mm-hmm. what's the right word I want to use? Like we I mean, we drawing on people now and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And like I think about the the old barbers that I used to watch coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them dudes, man, would be so upset if they saw some <laughs> of the stuff we be doing now to people man drawing on beards. why they mad bro man why they mad like what man? are they doing that ain't, that ain't cutting hair they, I'm sure they would say man that ain't cutting I think about Mr. Uh, Mister Gilmore, Mr. Hemp they used to cut my hair back in Daytona mm-hmm. uh, I stopped by the shop when I was last there visiting it's closed down now mm-hmm. um, Mr. Gilmore died and Hemp just retired Mr. Hemp just retired mm. but uh but them dudes, man, I can see them dudes being so su- being <laughs> upset when they see us bring out them airbrush guns. And oh sh- man, See, they they not with the Beijing? <laughs> no, I, I I can't imagine they would be. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like what
0: about what about the man units? How they how you think they they would feel uh, about the man unit?
1: They might not feel too bad about that's that. That's some great they, ingenuity, man. Yeah. man. They've been
0: needing that for a long yeah. time. Yeah, that's
1: like toupee. It's yeah. like basically it's just a toupee, man. Right. And and but now it's taken. The artistry of it all is you, you, as the barber, blending it in, making it look like yeah, it's supposed true. to be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I mean, I commend the barbers that do it. You know what mm. I mean? I, I mean, I want to learn how to do it. You know what I mean? It's, sure. I'm sure it's a lot of money to be made in that. Yeah. Um And there's a lot of people to, to, to impact doing that because when you come to the barbershop and you leave, you look good, you feel good. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so...
0: I'm just trying to get that LeBron treatment, though. Like, what is LeBron doing, bro? I, I need know. that. I don't know. I his lineup get crispier and crispier. As he gets older and, and older, get right? darker. <laughs> I'm like, yo, this... He, he like Benjamin Button with the hair, bro. Right. <laughs> the older he get, the better his hair look. I'm like, yo, I need that.
1: For you real, really? I know I ain't
0: got his pockets like that, but, man, I That's need what something. It is, right Can there. I get the, the knockoff LeBron treatment, bro?
1: We need to ask. We need to find out what he doing <laughs> and what Magic Johnson doing. Oh, man. You know what I mean? That's a you gotta have fat. billions, I
0: guess. I guess so, man. I'm I'm not there yet. Maybe uh maybe in twenty years we'll see see what it's looking like.
1: Hey, <laughs> keep this up, it might be less.
0: Man, we'll see, we'll see, bro. So all in all, would you? Is there anything else that you can see that's on the horizon? As a you know, you got your barbershop. It's established. The clientele, the the culture is great. Everything is kind of running. You can leave for five months and come back. Is there anything where you like you're looking to the next? venture the next horizon like all right i got this i'm gonna go level up and do that you know yeah what I mean? man actually
1: i wanna i wanna screen i wanna write a script
0: okay you that's know that's why you've been networking yeah with you. Yeah. Okay. yeah
1: you know so so like the dude chuck that i was telling you about chuck mcclain yeah he i just sat down with him one day while we was in these last five months and i just asked him like man how do you because because i get a script you know like everybody that's part of the production. Well on the hair and makeup side yeah. we get a script okay. and so every every episode they print us off this huge script um, and it's you have to read it in order to kind of feel the feel where your um, where your actor is at where your character the character. Mm-hmm. so like my character is Aldous. Aldous kind of just had one his name is DeCourcy in the show. Mm-hmm. He kind of just had one hairstyle mm-hmm. but if you look at the first episode, well, when it all comes out, you'll see from the first episode to the last episode, the transition of his hair mm, that happens okay. and basically and it's not really a whole bunch, but you see it get longer and longer because we had a goal in mind to start short mm-hmm. basically to make him look younger, but then you see him get older through the oh, okay throughout the uh, okay. the show, and so it's just the evolution of hair and then but then you see it because it's 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 dated to 92 Mm. you know what i mean and so like our hair is still the same like we still kind of rock the same hair because we got to 92 yeah yeah and he don't have one of those Mm. but you know he just got like a shadow fade but you see a shadow fade Mm -hmm. morph into red basically like a little taper
0: is it a shadow fade that cj mcconnell would be jealous of is it is it that good Is
1: it? No, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Okay, he might want one when, it, when it's over with. So on a
0: on a on, is his lineup on a scale of Steph Curry to Kevin Durant? Like where? Ooh, or is it above the lineup? You know,
1: you the, mean CJs? Or no, Al's. Al's. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Al's. Al's is definitely. It probably starts at. It, yeah, <laughs> it started. it's probably stuck He gonna he he'd be mad about this. It probably starts at KD. Uh And then it goes to, like, the middle would be uh, Steph. Mm. And then by the end, I think he's probably, like, at LeBron. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so He leveled up. Yeah. That's what's up. So uh, it it was a transition. You know, we wanted to make sure. The evolution of hairline. Yeah. So, I mean, he got a hairline. You know what I mean? (laughs) But at the same time, you see it go from, like, not being crispy Uh to, like, in the middle of the road (laughs) to crispy. Can you
0: explain that? The middle of the road. No, Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry's hairline, Man, or his edge up, or lack thereof. Is it? Is he really just not taking any attention to his hair? Or do you think that his hair is just like it's permanently growing like that, and no matter if you line it up, yeah, it's gonna be like that two days. Like, like what? What is that?
1: I don't think he get a lineup. I mean, he because he's because he he. How he light like skinned man. Nah, you
0: know? bro, nah, nah, bro. Drake stay
1: crispy. No, nah, I'm, I'm not I'm but not. But is Drake's crispy real though? What you mean? What you mean? Like like I've heard stuff, like I don't know for Uh-oh. sure. I just these are just all allegations right. or supposedly, speculations. Supposedly. Yeah. 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 Like his beard ain't even real. <laughs> <laughs> that that was, what you mean his beard so ain't real? So you know real? how Cass is doing man units. Oh. They do beards like that too. Like, wow. I mean, like even on the show. That we, that we do, uh, you know, we put fake mustaches on people. Word, word, like or or and so, um, so, I think, I just think he <laughs> 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 got a fake beard. That's I think. Oh boy, um, Steph, I, don't, I just I don't think he gets lineups, man. He might like line the back up, but I think he might just be afraid to line the front for fear that it, that it might get might get pushed back. back.
0: I can understand that. Yeah. I can definitely understand that. Like. My beard is about to be the center of my joy, just because my line is, is, is fading. This right here, you see this, man? Like, I'm, it's leaving me. My dad <laughs> cut his hair; he went bald, or he cut it bald. I think in his early thirties.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm 34 right now. I'm just, I'm hanging on. But I can understand like not wanting to get lined up for the fear of getting pushed back. Yeah. Cause I don't want to have a Stephen A. Smith. I don't, I don't want to go back that far. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to roll it back like that, but. You know, I wanna I wanna stay
1: around. I wanna have this, you know. Stephen A remind me of uh Yeah, I don't need to get on Stephen. But Stephen A remind me of uh you remember RoboCop? Remember how you had the face? Oh good <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you but if you just cut your face short, you still got a hairline and everything. You cut it short, you straight.
0: Where yeah,
1: you know. I just I used to have waves, man. <laughs> you know, like I think I, I took, lost my hair in the 30s, too. Yeah,
0: I took pride in that, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, let's, speaking of Stephen A, let's switch gears for a minute, mm. if, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, the homie, the big homie. <laughs> <laughs> the big homie LeVar Ball, man. Oh, man. <laughs> LeVar. LeVar Ball, man, the OG. He was on first take, uh, sitting right next to Stephen A, going through his little questions, and then this happen. Go ahead. Go ahead before I I get back to him. LeVar, can I switch gears with you? Because I have a question here. You can switch gears with me anytime. (laughs)
1: Let's stay focused here. All right. Um, Can you please?
0: Bruh, so LeVar Ball is effectively banned from ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that, bruh. (laughs) For that moment in Uh. time. Lamar bought, can we can we switch gears from? Him? You can switch gears with me anytime. And he's banned. <laughs> I, do you do you understand that? Is there is there some logical way? Is there something that I'm missing? Because I really don't get it. I don't get it, bro. I I I'm,
1: I can see how it can be misconstrued. You know what I mean? Um, I almost think though that I mean, because everybody on the set responded the same way. Like, oh, did he just say that? Mm-hmm. But. I kind of, I kind of feel like because of who he is and the character that he's created, yeah, it's almost like you should expect him
0: to say that. He says smart, like he's a quick wit. Yeah, he says a little smart back and forth, like
1: cool, yeah, man. And I, so I wonder if Charles Barkley has said it, would he be banned from ESPN? Not at all, right? Charles
0: get away with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, right? Yeah.
1: But I know they. I think, man, I, I actually think they just kind of picking on him. They just tired of LeVar Ball. You know, he showed he he. It was like he disappeared for a little while, mm-hmm. and then when his son got traded, he showed back up.
0: But it's not like he forced his way on there, right? They invited him. They invited him. Yeah, I'm sure he's good for ratings. Yeah, absolutely. People, everybody want to see what Lavar Ball got to say. <laughs> Ain't no ten <television> gonna come out of <laughs> yeah. his mouth. Something like this <laughs> might come out of his mouth,
1: but then they gonna ban him though. Yeah, I I don't I don't really understand that at all, man. Um, I don't even know. I, I don't want to offend any women that's listening to this podcast, but I didn't really see. Maybe I'm because I'm a man. No, I didn't bruh. see the okay. offense that happened in there. Like you can switch gears with me anytime. Like, right. I mean, I guess I can see how
0: it could be taken that way. But when has switching gears ever been a sexual? Anywhere? I never, I never heard. Never that in life. Never, never in life. It's it's funny. Honestly, it made me think of so when you were emceeing the the Bloom Show. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and you was about to go. And you was like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna talk about me too." And they was like, "Nah, nah." <laughs> I was like, "Nah, do it. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. I wanted you to get in there, but it was just like this. This is like me too, taken to like a level that is just unnecessary. Yeah. And it's, you can't even really like. It's so subjective that it's like, "Are y'all serious?" Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't hold up in a court of law, obviously. No. <laughs> you know, so it's just like. What is going on right now in society where that man, like, it's commonly like, oh, yeah, of, of course he should be.
1: Like, what did he do? Nothing. What did he do, man? Like, what if, what if, what if, like, would we have the same response if that was Stephen A. Smith that said, LeVar, let's switch gears for a second. And LeVar said, man, I'll switch gears with you anytime. Right. Like, no. Would it be offensive then?
0: My my thing, you know, what comes up for me is, like, if that was
1: Carrie Champion that said that.
0: And then he said that the Kerry champion would it be the same type of attention? I kind of think it's like the black mm-hmm. male white woman dynamic. Yeah, you know where it's yeah. like no, you you don't say that to our
1: to our women. Yeah. Or something like that, kind of like putting them in his place type stuff. I
0: don't know. It much.
1: could be, but but that's that's Jalen Rose's girl. That's a fact. You know what I mean? And so I mean, I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but yeah. Um, I but think, do you
0: think he's like you think he would really get at Jalen Rose's girl? Do you think he would disrespect Jalen? You know, what I mean? like who really thinks that Levar. Is on that type of time, bro. Right
1: I don't know. I don't see. It. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. It. I just thought it was definitely. He didn't think about it when he said it because it just it doesn't. Was so quick, but it doesn't even need to. You don't. You don't think you have to think about something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? She. She wasn't like, let's go. You know, mm-hmm. let's flip the mattress or something like that.
0: <laughs> let's flip. <it. laughs>
1: I don't know, I just made that shit up too. I feel you, I feel <laughs> but he didn't say let's she didn't say let's flip the mattress, and he was like, Oh yeah. baby, I'll flip the mattress If he had said, Baby, I'll switch gears with you anytime, like Baby. Maybe. Baby, I'll switch gears <laughs> you with you. You know what I mean? You. But if he was seventy five uh, if, if that was Bill Russell, would we be sitting here talking about this? No. You know what I mean? Like I think it's just the fact that it was him, like, like, like him. you said, and it, and she was a, she's not a black woman. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. and he's just and it's just Lavar Ball, man. Like you gotta, like Dennis Rodman would have said the same shit. Like he would have said That's the same fact. thing. That's a fact. You know what I mean? But he would have meant it though. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's he might have his mean... tongue out while he was saying it. <laughs> he want to switch gears. He want to wear your clothes. Everything.
0: Switch gears. Switch clothes. Switch shoes. <laughs> what you, you want to do? I'm down for the switch. Yeah. But Lavar did have a little response, man. Let's play this real quick. This past week,
1: reportedly on ESPN, you were banned from all their platforms. I'm going to be banned. and I don't work for them. <laughs> see, I, I got to be banned from ESPN. I got my own show. Was your comment, what was your comment? I mean, when they could switch gears at any time. I mean, us, we didn't see it. I don't, I don't even have to respond to that on the fact that. I meant no sexual oh, intent or nothing on the fact that Switch Gears means change topics to me. Right, right. Her mind in the gutter if she thinking something else. Only time I hit on her, if she keep breaking in my house and i was mistaken for the boogeyman. Hey, I
0: like... <laughs> I love Lavar, bro. <laughs> I love him, bro. He is so, like, himself every time. You yeah. know what you're going to get from LeVar. Baby. Yeah. But that's, that's a fact, bro. It's just like, he didn't... He don't mean no sexual intent. I, I don't think he did. I, I believe him. I don't think he's lying. I don't think he has a reason to lie. Bro. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, because, and then, and then I mean, that's, I didn't see the whole segment. Mm-hmm. So it could have been something like, I can imagine they would have been, they could have been talking about uh, Lonzo and the trade and the Lakers and woo woo. And right. then she said, well, let's switch gears for a second. And he's like, and he's like grateful that somebody want to switch gears because I'm mm-hmm. tired of talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can switch gears with me anytime. Like, thank you. You know, but uh, I mean, I see two sides of the coin, but I'm a I don't think. And then hearing his response, man, uh, whether it's true or not, like I I can believe that that brother didn't go on national TV (laughs) to say some sexual innuendo. Right. In the climate that we live in today, like no matter how careless you are with your words. I think you got. He got way better sense than that. He's like a freaking marketing guru. Yeah, believe it or not, like you, I'd watch a show with him on it for sure. You know what I mean? mean, And he's getting
0: a lot of free press from that. I don't don't think he was in there trying to jeopardize that, or he he knows what's at stake. Yeah, in my opinion, I hate that we're mansplaining this whole situation, but like it has to be said, bro. Like that was not a problem. (laughs) It was not a problem. Now a lot of people was was like you know kind of outraged that she didn't say nothing but did she did have a few words so i'll just play that so we can hear that
1: I haven't heard from anybody, but to be honest with you, I shut my phone off after work, yeah. so I was just in. I was just in chill mode.
0: Okay. Uh, can I just ask how Jalen handled the situation?
1: I think Jalen would have just liked if he had apologized to me publicly.
0: Okay. ESPN obviously had your back. They said he was completely appropriate and let him be aware of that. Um, do you think that they should do anything further at this point, or are you satisfied with the outcome?
1: No, I'm satisfied. Yeah, a hundred percent. ESPN was really supportive, and I appreciate it. All the executive.
0: Had my back. So she's she's glad that he's up out of there. She's saying that Jalen wants to problem. He ain't he ain't said that. Jalen ain't I ain't heard nothing from Jalen. No. I don't think Jalen thought it was a problem, but it's like you can't. That's your wife, so you really can't say you tripping. You work for ESPN too. Yeah. Like you gonna go against your wife and the company?
1: Yeah. So yeah. It's it's it's. I mean that right there the fact that the fact that I'm going on a limb with this. The fact that she says that uh, she's okay with it now, like she's glad that uh, ESPN did what they did and Mm -hmm. they're really supportive. Mm -hmm. Like, if that's all it took for her to feel okay about the situation, Mm -hmm. I have to wonder if she was ever really truly offended by the situation or just shocked. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I had this moment of shock
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and was like, oh, like We banned him from that. But. From the whole network, bro. And that's okay. He didn't, like, he said, I don't work there. (laughs) They can't, I don't work there. Like, he do not work next to her. It'd be different if he worked next to her and they banned him, they fired him. Right. Like, I could see her being like, oh, I'm glad they did that. But, Mm -hmm. like, that would be like ESPN banning me and she don't even really know who I am. Yeah. But. But if you were really, 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 really offended by what I had just said, I think it would have, you'd be way more impacted than just,
0: yeah, well,
1: uh, you know, I know, yeah. ESPN did what they needed to do. Man. Yeah. It's good, you know.
0: Like she got to she got to say that because her employer yeah. did what they did. But yeah, man, I just thought that was. I, mean, I typically try to stay away from like current stuff that's just here today, gone tomorrow. But I was like, bro, this is this is crazy. Bro. Yeah, that was like she if because that, that's a that's a Me Too moment basically like we just seen the the slightest me too situation just get blown out of proportion and it's just like nobody can say anything now mm-hmm. and i i get the movement and i know what it's about and and women need to be protected and then their rights need to be you know what i mean absolutely Upheld and all that but absolutely we can't let it get out of hand like this bro i mean it's <laughs> not like we have we can't change nothing, but we just gonna talk about it and see what happened next but it's just like man there got to be some type of protocol or something, like, some type of court of something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. ESPN is ESPN. They're going to do what they do. So.
1: But I just don't think anybody, I don't, I don't, I mean, you'd have to, if, if we were in the court, a law, mm-hmm. like, it would have, her attorney would have to present <laughs> some fantastic closing arguments or yeah. something. Yeah. Some, some, that this really, I mean. Right. To, to prove sexual
0: harassment. Yeah. Basically, because he's not an employee, it's easy for them to do that. Like, oh, if he yeah. was an employee, then they, they couldn't. I don't think they could legally fire him for some stuff like that. But, you
1: right. know. Especially so. if there was no intent behind it. If he right. really didn't have it, you have to prove that he had intent behind it. Right, yeah. You know, and, I mean, shoot, I can see Jalen sitting back going, i switch gears for the dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like we about to switch gears tonight. Matter <laughs> you know
1: of fact, I'm sure Jalen. What Jalen probably laughed at off was like, shoot, don't. Yeah. My mom, my mom always told me, you don't want somebody that nobody else wants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, if somebody looking at your woman and they think that she might the ugliest person she had they ever met mm-hmm. or something, I don't know. But yeah. my girl, my mom was just like, if nobody else wants her, you don't want her. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, bro, that was. Oh, well let's let's switch
0: gears one more time. You know what I mean? Now there was just we just had the reparations hearing. Or it was this is what it was. It was a hearing on reparations to see if Congress needs to set up a committee for reparations. So it's like the precursor to the precursor of the conversation about reparations. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't hear much from Mitch McConnell other than, you know, my pops is telling me how he was against reparations and all that type of stuff. And I listened to a few of the few of the people like Ta-Nehisi Coates and a few of the people that were um, testifying on behalf of the people to to Congress saying why we should have it. Um, just briefly bro, what are, what are your thoughts on the whole reparation for American descendants of slaves and and how that plays out? Like what do you think about the whole situation, bro?
1: I mean, it's it's been a long conversation that should have been had a long 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 time ago and yeah. I understand that it was started many many years ago mm-hmm. and then it was taken off the table mm-hmm. I mean even with um, if you go all the way back to the emancipation and the proclamation Word. you know what I mean um, there was stuff started then that was taken back off that was oh, taken yeah. off
0: I mean they, they started the the 40 acres and a mule and it got taken off like
1: real, mm-hmm. real. Yeah. like soon as soon as he got assassinated like mm-hmm. not soon after uh Lincoln got assassinated. Yeah, they and took Andrew, that off.
0: Andrew Jackson came in there and just like reversed everything. Right. Yeah,
1: and it's so kind of
0: similar to uh, what Trump did with everything that Obama put in place. He just reversed everything. He's he executive order. I'm changing that. I'm changing that. I'm changing that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he spent his whole presidency changing stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't. I think reparations, as a whole. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what it looks like when it comes to the buyout or to the payout or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, or to the commission aspect of it. I don't know what that looks like. Like in my small thinking, mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, how are they gonna make that happen? Mm-hmm. But it's a, been a long time coming, right? And it's definitely, I feel like it's appropriate. It's definitely needed, uh, because of the economy that was jump started in america i mean it was the economy the american economy was jump started on the broken backs of african people right slaves yeah you know what i mean and so um not immigrants not immigrants not people that willingly came
0: over here yeah
1: yeah and so if we if when i'm looking at it when i'm and i know the young people today are like man we weren't part of that you know what i mean but mm-hmm. but if we we all are part of it you right. know what I mean? No matter what, we all America
0: is it. what it is today because yeah. of it. That's why the immigrants came over here. Like, yo, we can get land,
1: right? Like, we
0: can get jobs, cause like all the, all the cotton and all the tobacco. Like somebody had to process it, somebody had to sell it, mm-hmm. somebody had to do all that. And you know, to say, oh, the North didn't have slaves. The North have slaves. Yeah, they did. And but all their businesses were based upon what was being produced in the South yep. for
1: free. And know? It was thriving. Yeah. And so I'm 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 all I'm all for reparations, man. And I, the sad part for me is that uh the people that paved the way don't get to enjoy those repar- uh, right. re- uh reparations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like okay. they don't they don't get to see it. Like my grandma don't get to see it. My great grandma don't get to see it. You That's know what fair. I mean? But yeah. at the same time I look back and I'm like, man, they they may not have had the mindset that my great 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 grandson mm-hmm. will need to, uh, will need to benefit from the work I'm doing now for sure, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. when I think about it, I think that way. I think, like, in my mind, because I haven't had an opportunity, I have not had an opportunity to talk to my great great grandmother, mm-hmm. but I have to think that, like, she did this for me, yeah. You know what I mean, and, affect, bro. and and he did this for me, and so when I think about it like that, because I cannot, everything's generational. We can't mm-hmm. just we can't skip generations. We can't delete generations. It's like everything's built upon the generation. Every generation is built upon another generation, and so um, I can't imagine what it was like for them back then because even the, the stories they tell us yeah. now, I don't think is completely accurate.
0: Oh, or,
1: you uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. But um at and, least not in school.
0: Whatever they're teaching in school is not accurate. You gotta right. read so many other books right <laughs> to be able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And then and just, you gotta th- talk to your family too. All of that. You gotta talk to your family, like, man, I was talking to my dad. Like so this we I was talking about reparations like months ago with, with my partner and then we got a big debate about it. But um he was like, Man, you can't even trace your ancestry back. He, he's first generation Nigerian. He's like, man, mean, you probably can't even trace your ancestry back to slavery. I was like, Nigga, yes, I can. <laughs> because back in, so the reason why I know it, because back in 2009, I went to family reunion North Carolina for the first time. So it was like my, my grandpa's side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, all my family, my, my parents both was born in Ohio. My, my grandfather raised all his kids in Ohio, but he's from North Carolina. And so he has like 13, 14 siblings. You know what I mean? So it's a huge family and uh they told the story of our great ancestor um i can't remember her name i got it i got it but like um she came from from the west indies rebecca so she came from the west indies um to i think started in south carolina Mm -hmm. and then she gave birth to all of our you know patriarchs and matriarchs in the in the mid 1800s right and so for of her five children were born during slavery there's only one that was born free in 1866 but it's like we have this history and and we know and like my and they, they took us like to the tobacco fields where my great grandfather used to plow tobacco and my grandfather mm-hmm. so my grandfather uh in 1930 he turned 13 and he could plow a whole field just as any other grown man now at the time um my great grandfather was only getting paid 50 cents a day to share crop mm-hmm. and so um, once my grandfather turned 13 and was plowing a whole field, he went to the, the master or whatever, the owner and he was like, Hey, my son is plowing just as much as everybody else. So we really should be getting a dollar, but I want to at least get 75 cents a day for our labor. And like, that was a big win for him making mm-hmm. 75 cents a day in 1930, not even a hundred years ago. You know what I mean? So it's just like, like this, if, if there's any way I can fight for reparations, like, they can't do it, they can't benefit from it directly, but I know that struggle. Yeah. You know, and I don't want anybody in our family, in of our ancestry, anybody that was a descendant of a slave to ever, ever be in that position. Like we shouldn't be going backward and kinda we are going backwards right now. Yeah. Like black wealth in America is not appreciating.
1: Mm-mm. You know
0: what I mean? So it's just like something has to be done. Forty acres in a mule a hundred and fifty years ago. How much is that worth now? How much is 40 right. acres worth now? <laughs> right. The appreciation plus interest, all that. So it's just like, you know, a lot of the things that they were talking about was like, well, you know, how, how are we going to pay all that money? And how are we going to like it can be done? Mm-hmm. Like you can yeah. do some math and, hey. and it could be
1: done. Yeah,
0: it might take a couple of years, but it can be done if, if somebody wants to do it.
1: But and it can be done in a lot of ways, too. Oh, yeah. It don't it have be to be just one
0: single payout. Like I would like, you know, at least I would like a a payout plus land. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I want a check and I want some land and I don't know, tax exempt for 100 years. I don't know. I don't something, know the, something. Something, bro, but you know? like a package deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because I know that because land, I mean, land is the greatest, one of the greatest resources you can have um, because it, I, you give a slave 40 acres and a mule, you know you're going to have an immaculate piece of land. It's gonna be immaculate because yes. they, know, they know, you know, what to do. they and you gave them a mule to till it and everything. I mean, and the creativity they really,
0: already been doing it for somebody else. Now they get to do it for themselves. Yeah, come on, man. And it, so and that's the thing. Like that land is is big because, um, when you can start growing your own food and yeah. just taking care of your, like you don't need nobody. You don't need yeah. corporate America to feed you. You could feed yourself. Yeah you start feeding yourself you don't got to go travel into town and go buy this and go buy that and then when you go to the store you get marketed to and you end up buying something that you ain't like right. nah you just take care of yourself you know grow your own food do your own thing and and then you could be your own business and right start selling to other people all that type of stuff so yeah man it's like andrew jackson was like hold on man he knew what time it was yeah yeah He was like, nah, they're we- they gonna get too powerful right yeah and
1: but- before you know it man I mean you saw you saw what happened at Black Wall Street you know yep Tulsa Oklahoma it was like man that was that was a land for us mm-hmm. you know Um, but I'm, but I'm all about reparations man and I'd like to see it through so many different avenues education being one of them man you know I'd like to see I don't understand why Um, I, I, I get it I get Native Americans Um, you prove you try what part of a What tribe you part of and and what ratio you are um as a native american you get free education Mm -hmm. you know but Mm -hmm. i'm like man i mean i get it i totally get it
0: yeah they broke trees and and where is that
1: that for black people though
0: yeah like that's what i'm saying like there hasn't been anything set aside like zero set aside and they just keep making whoa it was so long ago nobody that's alive now was responsible like so. You can do something, right? Like there's a lot. Japanese get payouts. They got for their internment camps. Yeah, you know, and uh, Jews get paid out for Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, many many tribes or trees have been broken. All that type of stuff. Like, but there's been things on the books for us that they somehow they just
1: can't fulfill. It just it's too hard to do. Is they and and uh, I'm always I get upset sometimes, or I get angry or emotional, and I'm thinking and I think about like. First you don't see us as a human being. Mhm. You see us as animals. Mm-hmm. And even though you see us as animals, you still treat other animals better than you treat us. Oh, that's a That's a fact, bro. And and it's that's just like fact. I don't even understand that. There ain't no I'm like shit. There ain't no pita for us. Nah. You know what I mean? Like who's standing up for us though? Like <sighs> bruh. They killing us right now, man. And
0: and they make excuses for it, and it's just like, what is what is really changing, man?
1: And, and if if we if we if if black families have one tenth, the average black family has one tenth of wealth of the wealth as the average white family. Like yeah, I think we, I think the scales are tipped a whole lot, yeah. and but yet we're still one of the biggest consumers because we don't have a choice but to consume sometimes if we had our land we wouldn't have to consume right that's a fact but we don't
0: have nothing so like yeah all we can do is consume consume like we can't produce anything Mm -mm. Yeah. and then you get you get accustomed to that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and you get socialized that way and then it becomes your culture yeah you know and then that's just like oh yeah we gonna stunt we gonna get all the designer this designer that we gonna be iced out we gonna you know what I mean so it's just like That's all that's being perpetrated as success in this world as opposed to ownership and being just controlling your own destiny, you know. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, man. Hopefully um something can come about from that and we can stop talking about it and start putting some action to it. Yeah. You know. But in the meantime, I'm still gonna work my ass off and do what I gotta do. Keep doing it. Cause I ain't I'm you know, I'm gonna be dead and gone probably by the time they get that thing. (laughs) finished up you know what i mean but you know and then and then our
1: great our grandkids our great-grandkids would be like i'll be having to deal with another Mm -hmm. mcconnell yeah and he'll be saying well none of those people that we're talking about reparations are (laughs) even alive anymore you know like they
0: they first introduced that bill to even have a committee like 30 40 years ago like it's (laughs) they've been pushing it to the side for so long so we'll see what happens man
1: but they've been pushing mass incarceration like crazy.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. They ain't got no problem with that. Yeah. Build less schools, build more prisons. Build more prisons. Yeah, man. It's wild. This is the last time we're gonna switch gears, all We going we gonna hit this fat Five, five questions that I ask everybody, man. So, question one: A, what's your favorite genre of music?
1: Man, right now I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say hip hop, rap. Yeah.
0: So yeah, what? artist or album made you fall in love with hip-hop
1: Ooh, Ooh that's hard that's a mm. tough one right there man i mean because there's so many great ones but Word. but the one that jumps out to me right now mm-hmm. is outcast mm. outcast when when outcast hit the scene man uh you know and i, I grew up in florida but Word. um and you know we got a you know the two live crew era and all that stuff but that wasn't real that was hype music but it mm. was dance music but was it wasn't special, really that was special yeah
0: but Luke changed a lot of things for hip-hop man. He,
1: did. he did he did but yeah. when when outcast hit the scene man with mm. bruh, um, I think that changed my whole my whole little situation like mean? my whole pro- like I still was I still was pro Luke you know what I mean <laughs> but so here's what happened to me first okay. it was I mean, you got introduced to Luke and all that stuff I mean I think I went from like R&B like like Old school R and B, Smokey Robinson, Teddy Pendergrass, because my mom them, used to, to that that mom play that all the time. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Um, and then you know when I could listen to music on my own, it would be like you know Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Barge, all them kind of. Mm-hmm. But then Luke came out, and and I think it was what came with Luke. It wasn't mm. so much the music, right, right? It was like what you saw, right, during the music. <laughs> uh, but Outkast, man. Uh, well, before I, I'm gonna go. Before Outkast, it was N.W.A. Mm. That was the first, like, gangster music I had ever heard. For sure. And I was, I think I was in, like, the, maybe, like, the eighth grade. Yeah. When that hit. And yeah. I was, <laughs> that was gangster rap. And yeah, I was like, was, okay, this is
0: That was that hard hardcore. Because like, I think, uh, who was, I think, um, was it Ice-T? Was he, like, the first yeah. gangster
1: rapper? Yeah. Well, he, he was just pimping, though. He was. Okay. Okay. I mean. I don't know if you want to call it gangster right he wasn't really talking about killing people he was talking about well, he was talking about people killing themselves like like okay. like sliding on razor blades and all that kind of stuff okay but he was more about like the pimp gang like, okay how to treat it you know Word. um but uh when uh outcast dropped the first outcast album uh when it dropped everybody was like that's all you heard. Yeah, like,
0: yeah.
1: everybody was just banging Outcast. Yeah. And then I just kind of increasingly just gravitated because they started putting albums out. Mm-hmm. And every album they put out went platinum, double platinum, triple platinum. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. And so Outcast kind of was, it was just the first, I felt like it was the first hip hop rap music I heard that just had great substance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like get up, get out, and get something. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like I could remember, like my mom was saying to me, "Boy, you better get your ass up. Yeah, you better get outside and go do something. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm mean, you know, laying around the house all day. Work. You know, and so just that, get mm-hmm. up, get out, and get. I felt like, like they was living in my house. That's you point. know what I mean. They had the same experience I man, had. I am so envious of people that grew up in the south,
0: man. Cause like. I naturally gravitate towards that music, bro. So, mm-hmm. like, when I was coming up, I was listening to a little bit of Outkast, but, like, more, like, by the time I was in middle school, like, No Limit Cash, Money, yeah. 36 Mafia. But just, like, the vibe of South music, man, like, that soul, just that country, like, all of that, man. Like, I, I love it, bro, yeah. even to this day. So, that's dope. I can only imagine being in the South when Outkast was popping, bro. Like, that's that's wild, Gotta like funky music,
1: man. Man, that's wild. Bro. That was that was
0: dope that's whats up man uh question number two is there a movie that has changed your outlook on life
1: dang man i don't know if it's just one man but um um i i don't i can i don't know mm. you know what i mean like i've been impacted by a lot of stuff man a lot of movies um i think the movie i'm gonna it's probably weird, but the movie that really probably hit me the greatest right now, mm-hmm. the greatest, was uh, Finding Forrester. Mm, um, I haven't seen it. And so, you know, Sean Connery teaches, uh, gosh, he's a black kid. Okay. And teaches him how to write, basically. Uh, I saw that movie. I can't. I gotta re. I gotta see it again. Mm -hmm. But I saw that movie for the first time. It's 2019. It had to be 1999.
0: Mm.
1: I saw that movie for the first time. Okay. And when I saw that movie, I picked. I went after I watched that movie. I went to the store. I bought a composition pad, notebook, and a pen. Mm. And I just started writing. I've been writing ever since. Wow. And that so really that movie is your life. Yeah. For real. That's dope. So I find I find solitude in writing. Sometimes when I can't understand what I'm feeling, I just write it down. Mm-hmm. Like I got num I got hundreds of journals, man. Yeah,
0: that's just That's something I want to like develop because my thoughts just go crazy. Mm-hmm. And but I I don't have the patience to write. But mm-hmm. my partner, he's like he's really good at that. He's like, Man, just sit down and just free write. For yeah. like fifteen, twenty minutes a day, yeah, and then all these thoughts that you have, it'll be easier to get it out and remember it once you start writing it down, but mm-hmm. you just gotta if you don't like writing, like you just gotta practice just like anything else, so he just talked about how therapeutic it is from, you know what I mean, yeah, and it's helped him like in his business because he's an entrepreneur as well, so like you just help him with his ordering his ideas and just making stuff pop, so yeah, I'm gonna start doing that bro it's
1: it's dope it's a dope thing I always I always see it as a transfer from my heart like a blood transfusion where you see blood going through Mm. like the i don't know the the lines of stuff so i feel i feel like i'm not left-handed but i feel like when i touch the pen to the paper Mm -hmm. it's a blood transfusion or a heart transfusion going from my heart onto the table
0: Mm. onto the paper i think there's something metaphysical about that too so yeah yeah that's that's dope That's dope, bro. Question number three. When you feel overwhelmed,
1: how do you de-stress? I write. Right. (laughs) Or I take a walk. I take a walk, man. Um, I try to write something down. We live in this digital world now, too. So sometimes, like, I'll take a walk and I'll think of something. Mm -hmm. I have a thought and I'll put it in my phone or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, It doesn't usually have the same lasting impact as if I write it down. (laughs) Yeah, because it's just I write it in in my phone, but then I don't remember sometimes to go back to my phone and write it down. Actually, because it's like you get that moment Mm -hmm. and you want to seize that moment. So, like if I could just walk around with a little tiny notebook. That's probably what I should do, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I can write I, it
0: down. I mean, I try to do that. I have a little, I got a little notebook, a little black notebook, but, like, I don't never write. I got, like, 600 notes in my phone. Oh. <laughs> so I got, I'd be jotting stuff down all the time on my phone, but like you said, like, it's kind of hard to even recall all that stuff. And yeah. you just do it real quick and you forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's dope, though. Uh, question number four. If you woke up tomorrow and found out that you won the lottery for $100 million, how would you spend your money and your time from that day forward?
1: Um. honestly I'd definitely probably help people mm-hmm. you know what I mean I I, I mean if I could i probably get after taxes what 50 of it <laughs> something like that you know what <laughs> I mean so so I definitely would clear debt for mm-hmm. everybody in my family mm-hmm. for the most part uh, and then I would just help people bro like I would I don't know how I would I would just help people I would help organizations that help people that I can't I might not be able to touch myself, Mm -hmm. but I'm big at like I'm a giver, so I just I just believe in reaping and sowing, sowing and and reaping, and so Mm -hmm. I would I would definitely take some vacations. You know what I mean? But uh, I I definitely one of the things I want to do. I was just I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you this. I was just telling somebody about a month ago um, an actor that i've had the liberty to take my family to disney world mhm um and i had been to disney world hundreds of times as a kid mm. but it's something different when you take your family to disney world mhm and for the 4 days we was at disney it was like i felt like we were in a whole we we're in a whole other world like we didn't we didn't think about bills we didn't think about like schedules we didn't think about it
0: mm-hmm. was just
1: like it mm-hmm. was freeing mhm so I want to be able to. I would if I won that money, I mm-hmm. would pay for families to go to Disney Man. for a week at a time or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like several families once a month or Word. something to just go experience that as a family. That's a fact. Where you don't worry about nothing. Bro. You just get. You just go to Disney, and you just. I don't know. It's I don't no, know I'll why go. Disney, but it's just what. Because it they for.
0: they they know how to do it. Like they've done it and they mastered it, bro. They yeah. they refined it. Like we went two years ago, so it was. All my immediate family, except for my, my brother wasn't able to make it, and him and his kids. But, like, me, my, my parents, me, my wife, my parents, our kids, uh, both my sisters and their kids. And we all went for a week, went to Disney World, went to a few of those locations, went to Universal, mm-hmm. uh, went to Daytona Beach, bro. So, we was out there for a whole week. And that was just, like, the best vacation yeah. ever. Like, <laughs> I don't need to go nowhere tropical. <laughs> like, I don't need nothing fancy. Like, we just all had the family. So, we had this villa. Villa was dope, so it was like the middle area, you know, living room, kitchen, all that. But then it was like two bedrooms, so the kids had their own room with two beds. My parents had their master suite, and then like because you you, you come in and it's like it splits off to two different. Mm. So to the right was just a whole separate like apartment, so me and my wife stayed in that little area, and then the left was like the two bedrooms and the kitchen, all that, and then upstairs. There's a whole nother apartment. So my sisters was upstairs. So we was all together, but we all had our own space. Yeah. So it's like we wasn't on top of each other, but it was it was you know it was comfortable, bro. But we can all come together. And, man, that was the best. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like ain't, ain't nothing like Disney World, bro. It's crazy. Nothing man. like it. Nothing like it. Um, Question number five: What message do you want communicated at your eulogy?
1: Um. I don't know that. I I know I want. I I'd want people to to know that. Uh, I didn't live my life for me. Mm-hmm. I lived it. I lived it for for other people. I lived it to impact the lives of other people. But in doing that, ultimately ended up benefiting me too. Mm-hmm. But uh, me as well but I want people to I've know <laughs> <laughs> that sounded it. funny when I, I said it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, but I won't I, like I, I tell my my kids and I tell the kids I coach and all that stuff like I mean I want to live forever and I know I won't live forever physically mm. but I want to be able to create a legacy mm. where my kids and my family members would be proud of what I've done Word. and that 20 30 40 50 80 90 years from now I want people to I want to be I want people to quote the stuff I say you right. know what I mean you know yeah. we quote we quote uh Dr King and mm-hmm. and uh Malcolm X and you know Einstein we we quote these people who have made a huge impact right. in the world that we live in and I wanna be remembered that way. I don't want to be famous now. I want to be famous after I'm gone. Word. So yeah. so the person that gives my eulogy, or if they're gonna speak it, I I want them to say that I lived a life of intention and purpose. Mm. Um but I was myself in doing it. Word. You know? That's dope. That's dope.
0: Yeah. You mind if I sneak in a bonus question? Yeah. If you could choose one celebrity as your life coach not including artists. yeah so, as your life coach who would it be and why
1: it would probably be uh one celebrity as my life coach yeah uh it probably i i the the first name comes to mind is denzel yeah you know um he just he pulls no punches mm-hmm. you know he'll 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 say what he needs to say um and he don't really care if it if it makes you if it upsets you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he if he's that way because he's he's older and he's established. Um, but I feel like the character he played in Glory, mm-hmm. when when he had that like one little tear come down <laughs> after he got whipped, <laughs> yeah. like I felt like like that moment mm. might have been the moment Denzel said. You know what? I'm not gonna live the rest of my life like this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even though he was a character,
0: yeah.
1: I felt like that might that that character is pretty much who he embodies today, mm. from what we get to see anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and I've heard, you know, I mean, being in the industry I've been working in, you know, you hear stories about Denzel and he's for the most part, they sound like he's really still like that.
0: Solid dude.
1: Yeah. Solid.
0: Solid. It's it's amazing that like the way that he can just embody certain people's energy hmm. and exude that and then go back to being like but it's almost like every character that he plays kind of becomes a part of him yeah and so you'll see little things like kind of pop out at certain times yeah just randomly i was watching a, a interview with him and jamie Foxx. it was when jamie Foxx he was doing like little 10-minute stuff little interviews on youtube or whatever and it was just like, like you said like you, it seems like he'll just give it to you straight like he would say stuff about Jamie or say it to Jamie where it's like he probably shouldn't have been that honest but he was just being honest and it was like it was called for but most people wouldn't have been that honest right. because like they want to be whatever like oh, I yeah. want to offend you but he was just like oh you was in that movie oh you starred in that oh I've never seen it <laughs> you know what I mean he was just like oh you killing me bro like, I'm sorry I, had, I never heard of it you know what I mean yeah. he was just being honest man yeah. but yeah Denzel is definitely one of them dudes. Like, yeah, that's definitely I would, I would. Uh, that's everybody play Uncle right now, bro. For real, man. For real, <laughs> that's dope. That's my dude. All right, man. Well, uh, tell the folks how they can get a hold of you, how they can find you on the socials, all that good stuff. If they need a cut, where they need to go.
1: Um, if you need a cut, come to the Influential Grooming Lounge. It's on thirty-two sixty-two Northeast Martin Luther King Boulevard, Okay. Portland, Oregon. where Black-owned business. Mm-hmm. We really believe in the people that walk through our door. Um, and I believe in the people that um, Work That I work with as well um, You can find me on IG The Dope Influencer I also had a, uh an IG For my barber business Or me as a barber uh, It's called the Influential Barber And you can also check us out at The Influential Grooming Lounge On IG and Facebook
0: Word. And then on Wednesdays How can they catch you?
1: Wednesdays you can catch us on uh, Rip City Mornings 620 AM on your AM dial um, It's uh, NBC Sports Northwest On television I don't know exactly what channel that is If you, if you got TV, You ain't gonna be able to see it mm. If you got Xfinity
0: I think it's 32 or 732 or 30, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So
1: you can check it out. Check us out on there from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Barbershop segment every single Wednesday from 8 to 9. Check us out. Mike, Super T, myself, Dan, and Nigel. The fellas, man. Appreciate you, brother. Man, appreciate you, man. Dole Thank you for having me. No know.
0: doubt, man. I'm glad you came through. And once again, y'all, this is Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next week. Grace and peace.